Well, it already blew my cover. <laughs> I am uh, one of the elders here at the church. And, uh, I've, I've spoken here two or three times before, I think. This one, I think I probably had more warning than any of the others, and so it took me longer to get ready. <laughs> and I finally finished about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Since Pastor asked me if I'd bring the message on New Year's Day back in August, so I've certainly had time. <clears throat> but uh, this message has changed about a dozen times since I first heard about it. And it's going to be a little bit of a teaching and a little bit of a testimony and a little bit of uh, just whatever God gives me. But first, I want to open with a word of prayer because I'm certainly going to need his leading and his direction uh, with this today especially. So, Father God, as I lift up you before this congregation, Lord. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd give me the words to speak, Lord, that you'd give me the... Uh, message that you have, Father, to bring to this people, Lord. And Father God, as you pour into me, Lord, help me to pour it out to you, Father, before you and by the leading of your Spirit. And Father God, I want to thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. And amen. Well, as I said, it's going to be a little bit of a testimony. It's going to be a little bit of a, of a uh, teaching. Uh, usually, I bring a lot of scripture and I go through it real fast and this time I've got a I've got some scriptures and I probably will use them uh but maybe not back in July of this year last year sorry last year this is a new year already a new year 2022 uh my wife and I went up to Kelly's Island for her birthday it was great. Love to be able to do that. We love it up there, and it's really a lot of fun. We go up and we rent a go-kart and drive around for a while and just have a, a nice day of it, and that's what we were doing there. And uh, as I do each time when we rent a go-kart, I drop her off at the dock and take the go-kart back and drop it off and settle up the bill, and then I walk back down to the, to the dock and uh, we get on the ferry and ride back. Well, this year, last year, excuse me, I'm still in 2022. You'll have to excuse me for that. And there'll be a, re there'll be a reason that I'm still in 2022 as I get into this a little farther. Because I didn't realize it until the year was almost over. But 2022, and specifically the month of July, which is when her birthday is, has some significance in my Christian life that I forgot all about. You'd think that something significant in your life, you know, you wouldn't forget about it, but see, July of 2022 marked my 50th year with the Lord because I, I gave my heart to Jesus, or as pastor says, I asked him to be my leader and forgiver back in July of 1972, which uh, I know is before some of you guys were born. But <laughs> sorry about that, but, you know, I can't help but being old. And uh, I was 25 years old at that time. And as some of the people I worked with said, 
to me after I got saved that I was a real prime candidate to go to church. <laughs> so God got a hold of me. And so I didn't even realize that, you know, this July was 50 years until really, I think it was probably toward the end of November when I was working on this message. And I thought, wow, you know, God had already told me what I was going to speak on because of what happened in July of last year on her birthday. As I was walking back to pick her up, I did what I think nowadays is known as a face plant. <laughs> I was walking along without a care in the world, not thinking about anything in particular, just kind of walking along and I'm walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden I'm no longer walking down the sidewalk, I'm laying on the sidewalk. Knees scuffed up, hands scuffed up, glasses that I had on, my sunglasses, this temple of them was bent sideways, straight out, and it had dug into the side of my face. So if some of you saw me, you know, toward the end of July this past year and wondered what happened to me, that's what I was, I did a, a little swan dive onto the sidewalk. Now the funny thing is, I did not set out that day with any intention of falling on my face. I really didn't. It wasn't something I planned. It wasn't something that I even had any idea I was going to do. And God began to speak to me about the idea of falling because no one, I believe, goes out into this world with the idea that today I am going to fall. I'm not going to... I didn't trip on anything. The sidewalk there where I fell was nice. I have no idea what happened. I think I was just distracted. I wasn't paying attention. And I think even though there's a lot of scripture talking about what leads up to a fall, I think one of the most common things that can happen to cause us to fall, either physically or spiritually, is not paying attention. We're not paying attention to what we're doing physically, or maybe we're not paying attention to what we're doing spiritually. You know, I don't think anyone sets out, as I said, to fall on their face, but I don't think anyone sets out to fall away from the Lord. I, I did do some research on that, and there are several different words in the Bible that were translated fall. There's one that's, I'm not sure how this is pronounced in the Greek, but it's spelled patio which sounds like something you'd sit, you know, that rocking chair might be prophetic, something you'd sit on on the patio, but it means to make a false step or a mistake, to fail. It's translated stumble, it's translated fall, and it's translated offend in Scripture. There's another one, Greek, it's pipto, and I'm slaughtering this, anybody that knows Greek, Fortunately, JT's not here to correct me. <laughs> so he probably will when I see him later. <laughs> means to fall down or out, meaning to be slain or to lose one's favor or grace. So basically, it's like to die. 
uh, it means by offending or falling or lost the grace or favor of God. The word fall is used in this in many scriptures, and I've got a whole bunch of them. I'm not going to give you a list, but if you want one, I can give it to you. Then there's another one. I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce this at all. Paraptoma, a falling aside, when one should have stood upright, a moral fail, a fall from truth and grace. Translated fall, fault, offense, trespass, and sin. So those are the most common words that are translated fall and from the Greek. And the word appears like 521 times or something throughout Scripture, but I didn't write them all down. So where's this idea of falling come from? God created man perfect. I think we all understand that. Man was not created to fall. He was created to walk a sinless life, to walk in fellowship with God. So where did this fall start? I know Adam was walking around the garden one day and he says, I think I'm going to go out and sin. That's not what happened. Eve didn't come up and say, hey, I'm going to tempt my husband here and we're going to go sin. No, that wasn't what happened. They were tricked. Eve was tricked first. Clear back in Genesis, the second chapter, right after, not long after they were first created, they were walking in the garden. And the scripture says, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall eat, not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, I don't recall anywhere in Scripture where, Jesus, where God told them not to touch it. He just said not to eat of it. So she may have embellished a little bit. Maybe, you know, God really, yeah, we're not supposed to eat it, but we're probably not supposed to even touch it. Sometimes we put limits on what we're supposed to do that God didn't put on us. You know, maybe he did tell him not to touch it. We don't have it recorded. But anyway, it says if you do, if we do, we're going to die. And Satan told his first lie that we have recorded. He said, you won't die. God knows that the day that you eat of that fruit, you will become just like God. You will know good and evil. Well, that's true. They found out all about evil. But it wasn't part of their plan. It wasn't part of God's plan. It was the devil's plan. From the beginning, Satan was a deceiver, a liar, a murderer. He isn't capable of telling the truth because there's no truth in him. Well, those lights are bright. <laughs> I keep moving this thing up, not because I'm trying to get closer to you, but I'm trying to get the light out of my eyes. Uh, 
So, as I started to say, I did not set out on that day to physically fall. And no time in my life do I recall ever starting a day off saying, today I think I'm going to go out and sin. And I don't know if there's anybody in this room that has got up one morning and said, today I'm going to go do something evil. I'm going to violate God's word. I'm going to turn my back on what he's given me and I'm going to fall. I'm going to trip. I'm going to face plant. <laughs> well, that wasn't my plan, but uh, certainly what happened to me. And I do attribute that to the fact that I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. And any time now I look back on my life over the 50 years, a little over 50 now, that I've been walking with the Lord, any time I missed it, any time I fell, any time I stumbled, any time I tripped, any time I sinned, it was because I really wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention to what God had shown me was what I needed to do. And it was my doing, not his. And I think probably, I don't want to attribute this to anybody but me, but I think maybe we all, if we're honest with ourselves, could say any time we've slipped up, it's been our doing. Sure, we can blame the woman that you gave me, gave me the fruit and I ate it, like Adam tried to do, but the blame rested strictly with him, completely and totally with him because he knew the scripture later says Adam was not deceived. He did what he did with his eyes wide open. Now, I'm not going to read the whole third chapter of Genesis even though I've got it printed out here somewhere. And God cursed the serpent and so forth. Now we know that sin entered the world at that point when Adam surrendered his will to Satan rather than to, the, to God. And in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, it says, For by, as by a man, one man, came death, by a man that has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So God gave us a way to get back up. You know, once we fall, we don't have to lay there the rest of our lives till we die. We can get back up. God gave us a way to get back up through Jesus Christ. Not through anything we did. Now granted, up there on Kelly's Island, I got back up first up on my hands and knees and then I stood up and I just passed a young lady that was selling lemonade or something. I don't remember what it was. But she came running over and said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I just fell. And I got back up and I kept on walking down the sidewalk. And I got down and told Cindy, I, I need to go in the bathroom for a minute. I wanted to wash my face and, you know, kind of, because I looked kind of bad. She didn't even notice it because she was on this side of me. And all the damage was over on that side. So she didn't notice it until I came back out of the, the bathroom there. And she, and she saw, what happened to you? And I said, well, I fell on my face. <laughs> I was wearing shorts, so my knees were 
skinned up. They've healed. My hands were skinned up. They've healed. My face even healed. It took a while for that. <laughs> She's nodding her head because I was a mess when she finally did see me. Because she didn't notice it when I first came up. Because not always will anybody else know when you make a mistake, when you fall, when you face plant, when you step over the line, when you fail, when you sin, when you fall from what God's called you to do, what God's called you to be. It's funny how I had forgotten until like in November that July was the month that I gave my heart to the Lord back in going 80 miles an hour down the interstate in Tennessee in July because you know it, it's not something I forgot it's just something I didn't think about it had been so long so yeah that's let's say that was 50 years ago in six months uh, since then I've made a lot of mistakes I'm not going to stand up here and say I haven't because I have So, you know, we are called to walk with God and to walk before God. And there's really two ways in this world that we are not to walk. If I can get these papers apart, I'll read them. <laughs> ah, there we go. <clears throat> in... And I'll find the verse. In Ephesians 4, 17 and 18, one way we are not to walk. We are not to walk as sinners. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Well, in Scripture, the Gentiles were equivalent of sinners. There's only two categories of people. The Jews, which were the righteous called of God, and Gentiles, which were the sinners. I happen to be a Gentile, and I also happen to be a sinner. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd still be walking in sin. But I don't have to. But I do need to pay attention to how I'm walking. You know, and I found out, you know, now that I'm, I've gotten a little older, I do have to pay more attention to how I walk because I get my feet tangled up. Sometimes, most of the time, I don't fall on my face. But once in a while, it's been known to happen. Truthfully, that time in July this year, or this past year, was the first time I had actually fallen on my face in the years I can remember since I was a kid, really. Other than when I was messing around with judo and karate and all that kind of stuff. I did a few falls then. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. But in those occasions, I was paying attention to what I was doing when I fell because I fell in a way that didn't hurt me. This time I wasn't paying attention back in July. And it didn't hurt me bad, but man, it, it hurt for a while. Some of the things that I noticed later on that were hurting was my ribs hurt, my chest hurt, my knees hurt. My hands hurt, my arms hurt, my face hurt. 
you know, there was a lot of physical pain that I didn't really say much about because, hey, I'm a guy. I'm not supposed to admit, you know, just because I'm, I'm bleeding and just because I'm scuffed up. Bah. Even as a 75-year-old man, I'm not supposed to admit that that hurts. <laughs> but it did. And when we fall spiritually, sometimes we're afraid to admit that, even though God knows it. And he is waiting there saying, all you have to do is confess it, admit it, tell me, hey, Jesus, I fell. I messed up. I let something into my life that shouldn't have been there. And I repent of it. I'm sorry for it. Forgive me. And he does immediately. Now, there may still be some pain. Don't get me wrong. There may still be some emotional pain. There may be some pain that we will feel because we're humans. But Jesus has already, as soon as we ask, has forgiven us. Now, the other way we are not supposed to walk, and this is the one probably I'm more guilty of than most, Ephesians 5.18 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We're not supposed to walk as fools. We're not supposed to walk as sinners, but you know, walking as fools is a lot easier to, for us to do because that just means we don't pay attention to what we're doing, which is why I ended up on the, floor, on the ground because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. Now, I wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, I was doing something that I can say to this day, I felt like I was doing something that was right. I didn't make my wife walk all the way back from the place where we got the, the car, the uh, thing, because she still has some pain when she walks. And so I left her down at the dock, and I went, dropped off the uh, go-kart, the golf cart, and I drove it, or I walked back to her. I was doing a good thing. You know, sometimes when we are not really paying attention to what's going on around us. We can be doing what we think is a good thing and still mess up, still do something wrong, something we shouldn't be doing. Not because we're intentionally doing something wrong, but because we're not thinking about it. We didn't seek God and say, Lord, should I do this thing? That's probably one of the biggest mistakes we can make is to see something that we think is a good thing to do. There are a lot of things in this world that are good things to do, but not everything is what God has for me personally to do. He may have Donna to do it. He might want Cindy to do it. He might even want Tom to do it. But if he didn't call me to do it and I try to do what they are called to do, I may mess up. I may do something wrong trying to do something right. Well, I went, I was being nice to my wife, I thought. 
maybe I was being a little dumb. I wasn't paying attention where I was putting my feet. To this day, I don't know if there's a crack in the sidewalk or whether it was just a crack in my head. <laughs> but I do know there ended up being one. <laughs> I'm not, not absolutely sure. I've never had any x-rays. I'm not absolutely sure whether I might not have had a crack in a rib or something like that because it sure hurt for a while, like for two or three months. So anybody that's had a cracked rib can tell me whether that might be a, uh, evidence. I never bothered to check it out because it didn't matter. I know there's nothing they can do about it anyway. Wrap you in tape. I figured that hurt too. So, <laughs> so I didn't know. I just know that even though I thought I was doing something good, I was messing up. Now, if I'd have been paying attention, I probably would have fell. If I'd have been looking at what I was doing, if I'd have been thinking about what I was doing, if I had been looking at the sidewalk instead of maybe looking over my shoulder at the gal that was selling lemonade, because, I mean, she wasn't much farther from me than Cindy is right now, and I'd been talking to her as I walked by, so... You ever heard of distracted driving? How about distracted walking? <laughs> no, I didn't have anything ulterior motive or anything. I was just being pleasant to somebody that was sitting there by the side of the sidewalk selling lemonade. And she was she did come over and ask me if I was okay, so I appreciated that. And of course I said, sure, I'm fine, and I got up and went walking on down the the road. Um and I didn't consciously try to hide this side of my face from Cindy when I got there. She just happened to be standing on that side, and the way into the bathroom was like this way, so she didn't see the other side of my face till I came out. And I had a chance to wash my face a little bit and wash the blood off and whatever, because that's the only part that really bled. The rest were just scuffs. So, they were walking in sin, walking as fools, two things we're not supposed to do. But you know, the scripture gives us seven things we are to walk in. And I'm going to run through them. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit. Well, if we walk in the Spirit, then we'll let the Spirit lead us. We'll let the Spirit guide us. We won't be doing what we think is right. We'll be doing what Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, shows us is right. And if we walk in the Spirit, someplace in Scripture it says, if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because Jesus will never lead us into sin. He'll never lead us into a situation where he hasn't prepared the way for us. And so we don't are supposed to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 2 says we are to walk in love. That's kind of tough sometimes. Sometimes Jesus will ask us to walk in love towards somebody that we're not particularly fond of. He didn't tell us we've got to be particularly fond of any particular person. He says just love them. Be a lot easier if he just said, you know, ignore them. He doesn't say that. He says, love them. He says, we're to love one another as he loved us. To 
talk about hard if we're to love one another the way Jesus loved us. You know, that cost Jesus everything. He left heaven, came to this earth. He was tempted just like we are. And he finally laid down his life. He gave up his physical life for us. That's love. Because Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And I have called you friends. He says, we're his friends. There was a song that was big when I was early in my life, even before I got saved. It said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. We have a friend like no other friend that we will ever encounter on this earth. We have a friend named Jesus who laid down his life even though he didn't have to. Even though he didn't really want to. He asked the Father, he said, Father, if there's any way that you can do this, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus loved me even when I was a dirty, rotten sinner that other sailors said, if there was anybody around here who needed to go to church, it was you. <laughs> you know, if you could imagine what uh, the epitome of a career sailor would be like, well, I didn't really admit it at the time, but I was a career sailor. I hadn't planned on being a career sailor. My plan was go to electronics school, learn electronics, and get out and get a job. That's what I professed when I joined the Navy. I was going to get in, go to school, get out, and get a job. Now, I kid around a little bit with, about this. I said, the reason I ended up doing 20 years instead of four is it took a lot longer to train me. <laughs> you know, it just it took a lot longer to train me. And God's faithful because he spent the last 50 years of my life training me trying to get through this thing here. By the way, when I knocked on that, I heard it. <laughs> Somebody says, knock on wood. I don't dare do that. That's not wood. That's probably concrete. <laughs> but God has been so faithful to me that even when I mess up, he says, come on. Get back up. Let's go a little more. Let's go a little farther. So, we are to walk in love. We are also to walk, and I've been complaining about these lights in my eyes, but we are to walk in light. Walk in the light that God has given us. He puts a light in our hearts. He lightens our minds. He gives us a light to walk in. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. He is the light of the world. And we're to walk in His light. <clears throat> now this next one, Ephesians 6.18, if I had been doing this back in July of last year, maybe I wouldn't have fell down. We're to walk in watchfulness. That means, yeah, physically, but also it means spiritually. 
we are to walk in Christ's light. We're to walk in his vision for us, what he has laid out as a path for us to walk in. So we're to walk in the path that he has set before us, where he leads us, where we can be watchful by the Spirit of God. And by watching, walking in Christ's watchfulness, we are also to walk in Christ. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. So we are to walk in Jesus Christ, in the path that he lays out before us, as he leads us, as he directs us, as he guides us. Colossians 4, 5 says we're to walk in wisdom. You know, it's up to ones, the two that we were not to walk in. We're not to walk as fools, but we are to walk in wisdom. One more in my list of seven here. We're to walk in honesty. You know, sometimes maybe that's tough as human beings for us to be honest. Honest with ourselves. Honest with others. Honest with our family. Honest with our church family. Honest with just the general population. It is such a dishonest world we live in that it's almost, it almost confuses people when you tell them something that's truth. Tom speaks of 100% truth and 100% love. We've already dealt with the 100% love. We are supposed to walk in love, but we're also to walk in honesty. We are to tell the truth, even if it hurts, even if we think it hurts us, even if we think it's going to hurt somebody else. Ultimately, if we can speak the truth in love, that's 100% truth, but 100% love, then the ultimate good will be that we will both, we and the person we're speaking to, will be encouraged, will be lifted up, will be brought to a fuller uh, representation of what Christ means to this world. We are to be Christ to the world. That's why he left us here. You know, it had been a whole lot easier on me if he had just saved me and took me to heaven. Then I wouldn't have had to put up with however many years I've still got to go. <clears throat> and I hope and pray there's a lot of them because I'm not really in a hurry. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go today. <laughs> Seems like. And yet we're not guaranteed another minute. We're not guaranteed another heartbeat. We need to walk ready to go home. And yet we need to walk so that we can take others with us, so we can be the light of the world, so we can be Christ to this world, so that we can represent his love, his kindness, his willingness to sacrifice himself. So we need to be willing to sacrifice ourselves. He is the Savior of the world. 
He's a leader and forgiver. But he expects us to lead by his example. He expects us to show his love to the world. He expects us to lift those around us up, not put them down. It's so easy in this world to put people down. And so many people in the world make a career of putting people down. But that's not what we're called to do. We are not called to put people down. We're called to raise them up, to lift them up, to be an example as Christ was an example. And if we try earnestly to fulfill what he's called us to do, what he showed us by his word to do, and what he showed us by his example in the world to do, then we will fulfill what he's called us to do because we can't help but do it as long as we're walking in the spirit, in love, in the light, watching, walking in Christ with wisdom and honesty, then we will fulfill what he's called us to do. And I pray right now that if there's anybody in here that needs a touch from God, a touch from Jesus, that, Lord, you would pour out your spirit afresh in this place, Lord, that you'd lift your people up tonight, today. And, Father, that you, Lord, would show your love through your congregation here, Lord, that we, Father God, would be willing to walk in your truth and in your honesty and in your watchfulness, in your love, in your wisdom, in your spirit, Lord, and be the light to this world. In Jesus' name, amen.